Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, the Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. You. The Blue Guardian has returned. That is your captain's plan. Run the hell, Sarah and the others. That is Sarah and the others. What? People hungry. <laughs> Man, have I missed you guys. Welcome in, Primers, to this episode 104 of the DC Primetime Podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network from the Showcast Spotlight, also here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, I am a very tired Rob Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a little, uh, you had a little shindig at your, your house yesterday that I was in attendance for to celebrate uh, your wife and another friend of ours, their, their combined 30th birthday. Yes. <clears throat> When I say combined, it makes me, it makes it sound like they're both like fifteen. <laughs> combined, they're thirty. So no, but we did a joint thirtieth celebration party at your house last night, which was a lot of fun. But I know you in particular had a very long night. Yeah, night. yeah. I I think people. I think the last of the folks headed out almost close to two, and then I cleaned the house until it was done because that's that's the type of person I am. <laughs> I can't. I hate waking <laughs> up to a mess. I'm the same way. Uh, and then. Then I watched the shows that I realized I still needed to watch, and I only watched one of them, but the other one was this morning. Oh, God, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so this might be a low energy high, and then more, you know, to the point uh, episode. <laughs> so I'm fine with that. With the, to with, be the exception, with, <laughs> with the exception of one show, I think everything else is going to be uh, a shorter discussion. Yeah, that's fine. Um but yeah, so well, let's uh, let's get right into it and let's talk about the shows of the week. We'll do our one of three point ranking, starting with Sidekick Hero or Legend, which we give each of the shows, and we will start with. We're gonna go a little out of order this week. Ordinarily, we go in the order that the shows air, starting with Legends, Flash, Black Lightning, and Arrow. But this week, we're gonna move Legends to last uh, for two reasons. One, 
it was an amazing episode. And two, it was the season finale. So we're probably going to end up spending a little extra time on that because I'm sure we're going to have predictions in the next season and such. So uh, we're going to push that till the end. Uh, but everything else is going to be in order. So starting first with The Flash, Season 4, Episode 17, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? Man. Um, I know you're torn on this one. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm, I guess I'm going to go a very, very, very low hero. Um, I was con- considering giving this one a uh, a sidekick, but when you introduce Jay and Silent Bob into the Arrowverse, it's kind of hard to give it a sidekick. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm giving I'm giving it a hero as well. More on the lower end. This was not. Oh man, I have such high expectations for Kevin Smith directed episodes, and unfortunately, compared to the last two that we've gotten, I feel like this one just kind of fell flat. Yeah. So yeah, I'm giving this one a low low hero as well. Not a sidekick, but a low hero. Uh, next up, we have Black Lightning Season 1, Episode 12, the penultimate episode, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? Uh, I think this is getting a high hero. Um, it was close to Legend territory. Uh, I still feel like they are just continually setting up more questions, and I'm still feeling like the answers are very few and far between, especially for it to be the finale this coming week. Uh, I feel like I'm not quite sure what's happening, <laughs> so... Um, but it's, uh, it's still getting thoroughly enjoyable, but it feels like there's, there's a lot to, that's going to have to unfold in the finale. I'm not sure they're going to be able to stick the landing, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, yeah. High hero for me as well. I think we might be the same across the board this week, uh, on all four of the shows, but yeah, I'm giving this a high hero. You're right. There's a lot that's been set up for this finale that they're going to have to cram into a 42 minute episode, but I'm intrigued. So I'm definitely going to be watching to see how this is all going to wrap up uh, this coming week. Uh, next up, we have Arrow, Season 6, Episode 18, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend. This one might surprise a lot of people. I was very surprisingly shocked, uh, and I haven't used this score in a while for Arrow, but it's getting a legend. Loads your legend for me, but a legend nonetheless. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This was one of those episodes, man, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about because it seems like we've just been doing nothing but ranting on this show because it's been weak. It's been weak these past couple uh, these past couple weeks, even before it took its break, and now that it's back from the break, it's 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 been continuously weak, and now... Man, after this week, they they better follow through for the rest of the season because this was a legend episode for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, and, of course, lastly, we have Legends of Tomorrow, Season 3, Episode 18, the season finale. Uh, sidekick, hero, or legend? I think for both of us it goes without saying. Hey, this is getting a legend. <laughs> yeah, I, this is one of those ones that we... After we watched, we wanted to make sure because usually, you know, as you mentioned earlier, we'll watch the show is usually the day or two before we record because we like them fresh in our minds and things like that. Uh, but this is one of those ones that we couldn't get access to this show fast enough after it aired because we both wanted to watch it. And immediately after we were done, we were texting. Is there anything higher than a 10 that we can give this show? Is there anything higher than a legend <laughs> we can give this episode? Because it deserves it. Uh one of our listeners did not like it. Yeah, oh, I, I actually did see on the Reddit threads out there, too. There was a fair amount of people that were did not enjoy. 
and I, I, you know what? Like I said, to each his own. But man, uh, this show without question has been the best of the Arrowverse all season long. So, uh, but again, purely my opinion on that one. But I, 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 I stand by that decision wholeheartedly. Um, man, this was talking about sticking the landing and tying your entire season together uh, beautifully and going full circle. Man, they succeeded. And, phenomenally. And, and not only that, but well, we'll talk about it when we when we when we break down the episode. Um, but yeah, so let's jump back to the beginning and we'll go back to the flash season four, episode 17, titled Null and Annoyed, which might be what we are after watching this episode. Uh, again, we mentioned Kevin Smith directed episode. We saw the return of Danny Trejo as Breacher. Uh, as well as uh, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes portraying Bob the security guard and Jay the security guard. So, uh, and they actually have them listed appropriately now on IMDb. Uh, Kevin Smith as Bob and Jason Mewes as Jay. Before it was the other way around for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's uh, they have them appropriate. There were a couple things that did come out of this episode, but one of the notes that you made to me when we were talking about this yesterday is that the episode it felt very overacted. Yeah, um, more so than I remember in the show in a very long time. There have been moments like this, but like the person that it came from the worst was Danny Trejo. He just did not seem like he belonged in this at all. Like it it felt like somebody that doesn't have any acting ability whatsoever, and that's not Danny Trejo. Um, And it. I don't know what was going on. It was just the way that he was trying to use his powers and it was just everything about it. Just It kind of was cringeworthy uh, throughout the most of the episode. And I really had a hard time with it. I, yeah. I, I just don't think any of the sequences between him and vibe worked at all um, in this episode, which was, I was very surprised about. Um, I mean, he was a little over the top when he came in as Breacher originally, but it kind of worked in the, the, the you know the, the way that the Flash normally works as a show. I mean, they've done this for so long and they get away with it, but man, for some odd reason, it, it, nothing seemed to work in this episode. Um, I, not nothing, but I mean, like you know, some of the stuff with Null was fun, you know, it, it, but not terrible, uh, but not exceptional by any stretch of the imagination either. Um, you know, we keep falling back on the same exact situations with Ralph. Uh, you know, we, we peel back another small layer of him again this week, but it feels like that's all we're doing every week is just peeling back this tiny little small layer uh, of his character. Every time he's got him, like, I don't want to be a hero. Yeah. Um, you know, it's they they need to try to get past this or just keep moving because they feel like they, they take a step forward and then take six steps backwards every episode right now. So, um yeah um i don't know i I generally just don't know well before we go any further i have let me read the synopsis of the episode because i did forget to do that when when we started uh barry and ralph try to find the remaining bus metas before devoe gets them however ralph's attitude frustrates barry and they clash over what it means to be a hero meanwhile breacher returns to ask cisco for a favor i think one of the things that really hurt the whole danny trejo and you're right the whole him trying to use his his uh pulse bursts uh, felt very very overacted um 
I think one of the things that kind of hurt that storyline, though, this episode, and you're right, it, it didn't seem like it exactly fit. I understand why they put it in there, because it kind of left us with something at the very end of the episode, um, a decision that Cisco has to make that I don't think is going to play into next week. I think this is going to be something that's going to be lingering until the end of the season, uh, until we approach the season finale. Um, but one of the things I think maybe hurt this a little bit was not seeing... Um, oh my god, what is her name? Um, Gypsy. Gypsy. I think anytime we've seen Breacher before, uh, the interactions between Breacher, Gypsy, and Cisco, I think that's what really worked. And seeing it this time as just Breacher and Cisco, while we've seen short bursts of that before, uh, you know, in certain situations, previous episodes, making a, a long running thing, I don't think works as well. I think if Gypsy were part of this whole thing, uh, I think it would have worked a little bit better. Yeah, no, so, I agree. Um, but yeah, so you're right. The, the the breacher aspect of it, again, while I understand what they're doing, the whole he's getting older, he can't use the, the, the pulse burst anymore. Uh, he can still breach, apparently. Oh, so he can still go from Earth to Earth. Which was very inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, because if you, if can't, you can't use do your powers. one... Exactly. That, still breach. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, okay, like, uh, you can do one but not the other. Maybe I guess breaching to an earth is easier than using the the, the bursts. Um, but yeah, you know, making breacher older so that he's retiring, setting up the whole situation of Cisco becoming the new breacher. I, I can see why they did it, but I think. It didn't have to be as incorporated into this episode as, as possible. You could have just done it, you know, hey, I'm retiring. I want you to be the new Breacher. Yeah. You know, you you didn't have to do the whole loss of powers thing. Yeah, so. and it was, it. I think, just the way that they went about it. I don't know. I actually read this in uh, IGN, too, and uh, after I watched the episode. Because there was a couple of things that I thought that were a little product placement-y. <laughs> Is the best way to put it. Um, uh, but the fact that they even kind of like, you know, talked about like the over the top unique donuts kind of linking to Danny Trejo's other business, his donut shop, uh, things like that. There was just, I don't know, there were some odd oddities in this episode that just felt er very, even more out of place in Flash than normal. Um, it, it, there was just a lot that just didn't seem like it really worked here. Uh, I it just generally. Uh, I, I generally just didn't know what to think about this episode. Um, you know, granted, at the same time, though, too, you know, when we peel back that other layer with um, with Ralph again this week as they're dealing with, with Null, uh, you know, that whole kind of conflict between him and Barry throughout this episode is kind of like, you know, Barry wants things done one way, and it feels like he's kind of mimicking Oliver a little bit in Arrow. Uh, and I don't want that crossing into the Flash. Uh, it feels like it's the same problems now happening across the, the you know the same universe on the shows the same week, and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But then again, as we mentioned, we we get to the end of it, and Ralph says, you know, he kind of diffuses everything with humor because when he's scared, that's what he falls back on. We get this nice little story about, uh, not nice, but we get this little story about his past when you know uh, his father you know was no longer around, and he kind of had to say you know be the strong one for his mother. Um, and I, I think it was the fact that he stated that just became who he was. And we do get to see him kind of use those abilities and kind of think on his feet the way that we saw him with, you know, 
prank uh, and uh, you know the second trickster you know a couple episodes back when Barry was still locked up in Iron Heights. Uh, so it was it was a nice little way to tie a lot of that together and kind of show us something we already knew though. I think that was the problem. Yeah, we already we already kind of I think pulled this together, but it felt like they had, felt like for some odd reason they had to tell us this because I think we were all pretty sure we understood that already about Ralph. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, like Ralph's a character I've grown to love this season, but I he, the whole thing with him in this episode kind of Ralph almost kind of annoyed me a little bit this episode uh because of that and i think it's it's you're right it's peeling back the layers that okay oh there's another there's another layer all right there's another layer like at, at this point in time we should have developed this character yeah and it seems like they're still throwing new elements to add us this late in the season when we shouldn't be concentrating on that at all i mean and it's fine that you you kind of peel back more layers on a character and show them uh, that they're more multifaceted but i think it's they're peeling back a layer that we've already seen peeled back. It's kind of like the characters in a state of arrested development right now on the show. Like they're afraid to do anything to move him properly forward. They just kind of harken back on the stuff that they've been telling us over and over by bringing up the same problem on repeat. And it's kind of like, look, he's overcome it. Nope, apparently not. And then they keep doing that over and over again. I think that's the best way to kind of put it is the characters, like I said, it's that state of arrested development until they can get him to have his massive heroic moment near the end. And I think we've already seen enough of small, big heroic moments from him. I think the episode that told us that the most with his character was when we saw him deal with the kid um, that got hurt uh, in the one uh, meta fight early on when we saw him in his original proto suit. So. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that completely. Um, I want to move past the whole um, uh, Ralph Dibney element, though, because I think we've we've covered just about all we can say yeah. on Ralph and, and our kind of disappointment. Not disappointment in the character, but just how they keep continuously bringing us the same, like you said, the same layer over and over again, uh, just in a different way. Um, I don't know what you're feeling on Null was in this episode i know you said she was kind of like a little bit of a fun character but there was and and i felt the same way but there was one particular scene that i kind of lost interest in the character i felt like she was just kind of like a throwaway meta this this season where while she is tied into the main story because she is one of the the 12 bus metas uh i kind of felt like she was a fill-in villain this episode um because by the end her powers aren't taken away she's just locked up in the pipeline um you know which is pretty much what they do with every other meta they've ever run into in this Mm -hmm. show um but there's one particular scene there's the scene where they're they're getting ready to face against her at the end when ralph and and the flash show up and she shows up with the bag to to take all the jewelry It, it to me a villain she became very unintimidating when you see the group of people who are probably on average like a five foot nine to five foot eleven, and she's so much shorter in stature, mm-hmm. she looked maybe pushing five foot. And to me, for some reason, that just putting her putting a short like I understand actresses are shorter, and like you you gotta you're gonna use them either way. You're not gonna use an actress because she's that short, but. If you're going to put her in a scene, maybe not put her in a scene where every other cast member is overshadowing you. 
to, I, I, this is just me. Like, I don't know if you felt the same way about that at all. You might have just completely overlooked this and it didn't bother you at all. But when I saw that scene and I saw her standing there with every other character, like all these p- people at this party, standing so much taller than her, I felt like, okay, any one of these people can stop her. Like, cool. if you just catch her from behind. Well, I think what, one of the things you kind of did see with this is they kind of played played upon that a little bit. But then, you know, she sees the, the one woman that has the jewels and she's just kind of like, you're not going to do anything to stop me. And, like, they kind of just make her seem like she's just this non-imposing threat. And she's, you know, uses her powers and that's that. And then she becomes the threat again. Okay. So, I, but like I said, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think some of the, the way that they shot around her character uh, did not make her seem seem threatening, but you're right. Yeah, she did feel like a normal throwaway meta that we've seen in the same way, like a character like, you know, Turtle from like, you know, season two or like Tar Pit or any of the others that we saw that yeah. were used kind of to kind of push across a plot device. And Flash, I think, is the show that does this the most out of all the Arrowverse shows. But they say, here's our big bad uh, for the episode, but they're really just kind of there to help move the story along versus being a big bad. Uh, it, it, it's their monster of the week problem that the show has had since the beginning. But I think we look past it because usually the story behind everything is so much more engrossing that it's the ends to justify the means of where we're going. So, okay. Uh, I think the only other, there's two other things I think that are definitely worth mentioning in, the, in this episode before we move on to black lightning. Um, there seems to be a little bit more happening with Wells in this, uh, you know, we're seeing the helmet that he made that enhances his intelligence and we're seeing him using it a lot more. But by the end of the episode, we're seeing him back in, uh, what do they call it? The, um, the it was time, like the time, the, the time the, vault. Yeah. Um, and he's now using Gideon, uh, in a way that we don't know what that way is for. Any kind of predictions or any thoughts on that, on what you think his intentions might be for using Gideon now with this helmet? Well, I don't think he was planning on using Gideon. Like, you even saw him trying to interact with with that whole system, and it just wouldn't turn on. And all of a sudden, as he was walking away, the computer kind of viewed him as Eobard. Yeah. Uh, and it even says it's been like 1,000 some you know odd cycles since they, they last saw each other. Um, so I think it very much plays off the fact that I think all it is is it's it's not him trying to use anything. It was, I guess the best way to put it is it's showing the dangers of him using a helmet that he can kind of corrupt himself to becoming something horrible. And that's going to be a situation on how they're going to view it is – if he keeps going down this path, he's just going to become another villain. And I think that's all they're really trying to say and do. I think we're going to see him kind of slip down this just a little bit more for just a little bit longer. But before we see him kind of go full on Eobard, uh, they'll pull him back. So Okay. Um, it was worth It's worth mentioning, too, the voice of Gideon was different this time around. Um, it wasn't the usual Gideon that we get from Legends of Tomorrow. Right, uh, and it's that's we've never had that version on the Flash. We've only ever had, I think, this other version that that we've seen because I think this is kind of meant to be like what the prototype Gideon before. But it I goes. still think it was the same voice when we had Gideon in season one of the Flash. I think it was the same voice that they use on Legends. Hmm. To IMDb we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I know the voice of uh, Gideon in this episode. She was uncredited, but it's Marina Bakarin. Hmm. from Gotham and Deadpool and Serenity, or uh, Firefly. She may have been the voice previously, too, uh, uh, I, in Flash. I, I don't see her listed 
as the voice. Oh no, you're right. She was. Son of. Oh uh, yeah. All right. I stand corrected. <laughs> she okay. was the voice of Gideon in the in the uh, in season one. So I was incorrect on that. Uh, the only other thing I think worth mentioning is we got a little bit more on the backstory of the mechanic and Marlies DeVoe. We we're finding out now that she is actually under the control of the thinker and DeVoe. She is not uh, sided with him, which I think is going to play very interesting into our theories before in that she's going to be one of the people that's going to help Team Flash in stopping him. Yeah. If she can remember at this point. Yeah, so. I, I think that's the question of how she kind of breaks the kind of little bit of a, a loop that she's kind of stuck in at the moment. Because, like, you can see that, you know, in the very beginning of the episode, she makes this discovery, realizes she's made this discovery in the past. But, like, we see the sequence play out multiple times, and it seems like it was in the course of a single day. So it seems like this is just a constant cycle, she, you know, DeVoe has to do with her just to kind of keep her in check. Uh, and that's kind of this, the point we're at at the moment. So I'm very curious to see where all this is going to lead with Marlene's. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this episode before we move on to the next show? Uh, just again, it just made me absolutely smile seeing uh, a very, very much Jay and Silent yes. Bob. Because when I heard they were going to be in it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're getting a little cameo. I'm like, no, they were very much Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, which I loved kind of seeing it as they, they got a little bit older and they're working a crap security job. Yes. Uh, which just <laughs> made me smile. <laughs> and Kevin um, Smith having no dialogue whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So he was Silent Bob. Yeah, and it's uh, just the fact that they even called them Jay and Bob in the credits. Uh, that this, I think that's great. <laughs> I, I really commend it. And I know the funny thing is that was not requested by Kevin or or Jay. The writers wanted to do it because Jason Muse was coming to set just to watch them film. And they said, hey, we wrote this in. And apparently Kevin was like, I really don't know if we should do this. And they're like, they're like, no, we absolutely have to do this. So and he, he said, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Jay being his uh, Jason Muse being his best friend in real life, the whole idea behind everything was he, he said, in all honesty, if he turned this down, his best friend would never let him live this down ever. If, <laughs> if he said, he's like, we could have been Jay and Silent Bob in The Flash. Are you an idiot? We have to do this. So, yeah. Um, so that was the reasoning for it. So uh, I thought that was it was it was just a nice little fun spin. Nice. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, Barry and the team find a way into the thinker's lair. Ralph considers crossing a dangerous line to defeat him. Joe is concerned by Harry's recent behavior. So we'll see how everything is going to play out next week. We're getting we're still a little ways off. I think we have about six more episodes before the season wraps up. Mm -hmm. uh, for the flash uh but moving on to black lightning season one episode 12 uh the resurrection and the light the book of pain this was the penultimate episode as we we're going into the finale this week tobias returns to freeland and is tasked to capture black lightning after a battle of epic proportions anissa and jennifer provide surprising aid so a lot of things starting to play out in this episode we made the prediction last week that there was a possibility tobias whale was working for the asa uh, and we got confirmation of that this week as we see Proctor bringing Tobias Whale in and telling him he needs to capture Black Lightning alive. And now we're also finding out at the same time, uh, we, we see the return of Khalil with a steel spine as it is helping him to walk and also making him a lot stronger. Um, 
And we're also finding out at the same time as we find out through the episode, which kind of brings all of our villains together, that Lala is under the control of Tobias. Yes, uh, but in a very interesting way, I think. Um, through like some kind of voice hypnosis. It's kind of like they put like an almost kind of like a winter soldiery kind of thing here. Yeah. Uh, where he kind of had a code like, you know, there was the code phrase and he went off and killed the arms dealer in this, um, you know, for Tobias. And we, we finally saw a connection. So I, I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. Very, very interested. Yeah. So. I, I, same with me. I think we still I, I think we still have not had the reveal of, of Lala was resurrected. And what his abilities seem to be. But I would seem to imagine now that if Tobias Whale and the ASA are involved, it has something to do with the um, the antidote, I think you're calling it, or with Greenlight itself. Yeah. So that somehow has brought him back and made him a metahuman just like uh, just like Jefferson and, and such. So... Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm very curious to see how the 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 payoff of this is going to work because you're right. This is we we were saying we've been starting to see the pieces slowly coming together in very unique and interesting ways. This ep this episode definitely said, okay, you know, Tobias, you know, wanted Lady Eve out of the picture, which we knew for a while. Um, the La La tie was very interesting. We didn't expect that or see that coming. It seemed like he was very much doing his own thing. And I think he was thinking he was able to do his own thing. We're kind of seeing him kind of fight the suggestions, but kind of break uh, by the end of it, that he, he's very much under Tobias's thumb. But like, I think he's going to be that person to watch in the finale and see what's going to happen next with him and Tobias. Because yeah. yeah. I don't think Tobias is making it out of this season. I really don't. Um, I think we're going to set ourselves up for Lala to be our big bad next year. And I think that'll work. I really do. Um, he's a really unique character and very interesting and multifaceted. And this gives you an ability to bring back, um, you know, Tobias next season if Lala's the one that kills him. Because uh, then, you know, he just becomes one of the tattoos. So this is a very oh, interesting, interesting, about that. interesting way to view that where this could potentially go, because I think the whole ASA thing is going to be done by season's end as well. So I think they're going to achieve their goal next week. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot, lot twist at the end. <laughs> that would be that would be really interesting. I didn't even think about that because that would be a great way to continue to have uh, Marvin Jones, which is the actor who plays Tobias, you know, continue to see the the act continue to see the character of tobias next season even after he's already dead yeah um you know because we've seen the other tattoos uh the embodiment of his of his tattoos you know in in a physical presence to lala at least continue to speak with him, him in different scenes so um it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that works out but i think you're right i think we might see the end of tobias next week i think for sure we're going to see the end of cyanide which is tobias's uh right hand woman Mm -hmm. uh, because that was a very interesting, not interesting, but kind of a, a really good fight scene between between her and uh, Thunder. Yeah, no, I episode. thought that was exceptionally well well executed. The sequences at the school uh, in this past week. Yeah, I think there was one thing. It's something that listener Shad had made mention to before. Is that like he got a little annoyed by the breath every time she does something and it was starting to get to me too especially after he said it but this week i kind of realized why they do it um because we did see a particular moment in that fight scene where she was caught off guard mm. uh expect by cyanide and we saw that happen and sh when that happened it was one of those realizations of like oh she didn't breathe like that's why 
that's why the writers have been doing this. And while it might seem annoying, that breath is very important to her abilities. So, yes, it might be over-exaggerated and we might hear it a lot. But when you realize that she is a character who can still get caught off guard, you realize now why they continue to do it. Right. And I, I feel like they've also toned down a little bit on the how, how much they've been using it and kind of just showing a visual cue versus an audio cue of it. I think you're starting to see that a little bit more. So it's it's not like in your face nonstop. So I think they're doing a good job of addressing that a little bit better. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, we did see a particular scene where Jefferson, a.k.a. Black Lightning, was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we said, in, was said in the description that Anissa and Jennifer provide surprising aid, I think that really goes more to to Jeffer to Jennifer, because without Jennifer and her abilities, uh, Black Lightning was a goner, and she kind of acted like uh, like shock paddles to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing her more and more, even though we saw it earlier in the episode where she she thought that Lynn was trying to isolate the ability so that she can remove it, where in all actuality, Lynn was trying to isolate it so she she can study it more and know more about it and understand it better. I think after this episode, we're definitely starting to see her focus her abilities a lot more and I think even come to grips with having them because I think now after this, she's starting to realize that without these abilities that initially she didn't want, her father would be dead. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to see her going into the finale this week embrace those abilities a little bit more. I don't know if we're going to see her yet suit up, uh, but I think she's definitely going to lend a hand one way or another going into this finale. Yeah, I think she will, and I think we'll see her next year uh, definitely uh, get her get her suit. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, it's another pretty straightforward episode. A lot of stuff that happened, a lot of stuff building up, and a lot of pieces coming together leading into the finale that it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Um, but again, I feel like we've covered almost everything already in just a short conversation. Is there anything you can think of that maybe we need to bring up that we kind of haven't? Uh, no, I think the only really big thing I think left to touch upon is like when we're dealing with the ASA uh, angle in the beginning, um, that very much the subjects are dying off. Uh, and it was Jefferson is the only one of the original subjects that for some odd reason um, were stable and remained stable uh, through everything where all the other ones are just slowly dying off. So he's kind of the key to them creating, you know, these these perfect metas, uh, which is we as we even hear, it's a, you know, it's a biased kind of state to to Proctor. It's kind of he's like, ah, so you're essentially just making the perfect Marine. You know, it, you can see that it, this is built purely for government government reasons of what they're attempting to pull off. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to get that final little piece there that we've been waiting on. But I think beyond that, though, you know, you're right. I think we we kind of hit it all. I mean, like so Khalil was uh, it was nice to see that reveal. Uh, I think that worked off really wonderfully and having him kind of as this new potential meta meta threat for a little while. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, his kind of redesign as a character looked fantastic. I think it really worked well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he factors into the finale next week. What do you think it was that he was shooting at people? Do you think it was green light? Uh, I, I think it was. Or just uh, like a, um, a, a sedative of some sort. I, I think it may have been a sedative of some sort, but I think it was we don't quite know what it's going to be, I think, until this coming week, because you even hear Gamby, you know, ask Jefferson, you know, what what did he hit you with? And 
there was no response. Yeah. But it was enough to nullify his power, but I don't know what it did to the standard people. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to next week. It is the season finale, episode 13, Shadow of Death, The Book of War. Uh, the aftermath of the showdown with Black Lightning leaves everyone reeling. Tobias gathers his forces. So we're going to see everything come to blows next week, and it's or this week, and it's going to be really interesting because uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. This show has kept me on the whole time so yeah uh we'll see we'll see how the finale shapes up we already know it's been renewed for a second season so we're uh we already know we're gonna get more yeah most definitely and i'm looking forward to it me too uh next show we have arrow season six episode 18 titled fundamentals in his darkest place yet oliver wonders if he has failed at everything oliver lashes out at felicity and william a surprising visit from an old friend has oliver questioning his next move i have to start off by saying that again, we, we've made we made mention earlier in the episode that we've done a lot of ranting on this show uh, because the writing has been weak, the acting hasn't necessarily been weak, but it's been weaker than usual, and it's only because the actors have been doing the best with what they have writing wise. Um, this has been, in my personal opinion, seeing this broken version of Oliver whether it was under vertigo or not. This has been some of the best acting I think we have seen come out of Steven in six seasons of this show. Um, it, some of the best. He's done some other phenomenal acting through over the other episodes of the run of the show. But some of the best scenes, and I love seeing him playing off Blackthorn because we've been saying for the longest time that Paul Blackthorn, as amazing actor as he is, they haven't been used a lot, utilizing Quentin nearly as much as they should. And that's definitely going to change the way this episode mm-hmm. ends. And seeing the two of them play off together and then seeing him... Um, Playing off Josh Segarra, who returns for this episode, man, like I, I cannot r- rave enough about this episode and the acting that we saw come out of him. Yeah, no, I was very impressed with everything. I thought the Blackthorn and Amel scenes were easily the highlight of this week, uh, as far as seeing some really strong writing again from the writers, which was I didn't think we were gonna ever see again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think they really, really achieved everything in a wonderful way on this one. Um, and you're right, there is a big status quo change that happens at the end, and now we know we definitely will be seeing a lot more of Paul Blackthorne in a different capacity than he's previously played. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think having Josh Degara come back this week is kind of this hallucination uh, of Ollie under, under you know, uh, you know the effects of Vertigo, as we kind of even predicted last week that they were going to dose him up, and that's the way that he was going to see people, like probably like Tommy. So I'm wondering how much longer this might go because we know we're going to get some additional flashbacks so well i uh, think it's it's been done i think they it was reversed at the end of the episode okay well he, it, he's yeah he's not under the vertigo any longer right but it's the question of is something else going to happen with that because we do do know we're going to get some additional flashback sequences coming up soon but it's the question of it's going to be old school arrow flashback or are things going to um or are things with Vertigo going to continue in some way, shape, or form? So well, I'm very th- kind of curious. Well, I think I don't. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You're right because uh, the, we do know from previous episodes that that was the last bit of Vertigo uh, that was left, and that's what they used it on Oliver. Um, you know, and that's how we got the flashback of of Adrian Chase Prometheus. But 
Stephen Amell has gone on record and said there are no flashbacks this season. Mm. So I, I don't know how it is, in what capacity we're going to see Tommy. Uh, because if Vertigo is gone, it's not going to be under the, the, the muse of Vertigo. And if there's no flashbacks, then it's not going to be a flashback. So I, I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, with it, this, you know, world, there's always a way for them to be like, hey, it's a drug. We just made more. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's very, very true. Um, so, I, I mean, like I said, they've never told us that Vertigo can't ever be made again. So there's been nothing kind of hinting at that. So, But again, who knows? I mean, it's very possible they said, well, nope, there actually is going to be a flashback. Uh, we just didn't specify how. It's and, yeah. And it could have been his, you know, Mel's initial statement also saying it's not going to be the flashbacks like people normally think of. Yeah. Whereas in every episode, if I think if they have to use it for a single episode to do something, I guess it would make sense. But um, yeah, that or we're just going to continue to see a broken Oliver. You know, that's that has nothing to do with the vertigo because of everything that's going on. You know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this is going to continue to play out. But you're right, though. Josh Segura was. It was wonderful to see him again because it was like, man, um, it, it also made me go, um, Diaz is not a great villain. It felt like they came in here to say, oh, and use one of the best villains the show has ever had to tell us why we should fear the current villain. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it was a lot of telling us instead of showing us. And I think that's the only real problem I had with this episode. Beyond that, though, I, I think you're right. I think this was easily one of the best ones they've done in quite some time. And it worked really kind of flawlessly. And it's kind of like the show is even addressing. We got out, got a little out of hand and we're going back to basics for the show to kind of see that in its messaging, I think might be the smart thing. I think they may know the audience was slowly turning on them. Uh, and they have to find a way to recalibrate and readjust. You even see it in the opening credits. It was just the Arrow logo. It wasn't, here's, you know, the Spartan helmet. It wasn't, you know, here's the wild dog, you know, Black Canary symbols, the Mr. Terrific symbol. It was just Oliver's Arrow. And, it's, you know, that was it on the way that they did the title. And I think that's kind of telling. And I think this might be them saying, we understand we're, we're working on it. We, you know, so it's a big wait and see if that they can continue with that and play that off. But we very much have a show now that is all about apparently for at least the short term, Ollie doing it on his own. Yeah. So. Well, and I think you're right. I think that's going to be short term because I mean, you look at the end of this episode and Diaz says that, you know, with now because we do by the end of this episode, we see uh, Mayor Queen is impeached, which makes Deputy Mayor uh, Lance become the mayor. So we did see that transition in that Quentin is now the mayor is going to be the acting mayor uh, of the city. Oliver is no longer the mayor, which means he's now going to be concentrating on uh, being the green uh, being going back to the original mission, as he states, um, you know, because we even saw him break out the original suit in this episode, too, which I really loved seeing. And mm -hmm. but we're we're going to see him go back to basics. We're going to see him go back to the origin of this character, which I'm going to like. But by the end, you know, we see that Diaz says now that he's no longer in the the mayor, it's open season for this city. And yeah. I think the only way you really can shape that up and and shut that down is you're going to need help. That's not a, a mission you can complete on your own. If it is, I'd be very surprised. But I think one of the other strengths of this episode is we 
again, it was a lot of Oliver and Adrian Chase and Quentin uh, with some Felicity and William mixed in. But other than that, very little Spartan. We got the scene in the beginning with Diggle, uh, and that was it. And the only stuff that we got from the Outsiders was in the the hallucinations he was having from the Vertigo. Yeah, where we actually see Renee for the first time in a couple of weeks uh, since the infamous episode uh, that everybody absolutely despises. And, yeah, we see, you know, the outsiders uh, in the hospital sequence. They're really quickly uh, talking with Oliver. Um, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a very, very bare bones episode, but a bare bones episode done incredibly well. Yes. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, as, as I mentioned, we see uh, Oliver is impeached by the end. He's no longer the mayor. Quentin's now going to become the acting mayor of the city. Diaz is going to be opening up the season to anybody who wants to come in and try and have their way with the city. Uh, we saw some phenomenal acting from Stephen Amell acting against Josh Segarra. We saw a lot of acting, you know, with Paul Blackthorne. But you're right. Very straightforward. Very bare bones. But essential to fix this season for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm liking again, as bare bones as it was, man, this episode blew me away as good as it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, is there really anything else that's kind of worth mentioning? I mean, other than what we did. No, I think that's, those are the big points here. I think on this one, and you know, we do see a little quick moment again with black siren and, and Diaz at the very end. Uh, and I'm still not 100% sold on Black Siren, not about to switch allegiances still. Um, the way that some of that stuff is playing off and the way that Katie Cassidy's been playing that, it seems like there's a little bit more to come with her still. So I'm very curious. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel bad that we're not spending more time on this episode as much as we loved it. But there's really not a lot to break down. This is one of those ones. It's all about the interactions with the characters that are present on screen. And so it makes the most sense to sit down and just watch this one. So if you haven't given this one a shot, go back and do so because it actually demands your attention. I think they this potentially was a mission statement of what they need to do to fix things. And this could be the show getting back on track or this could be a remember a remember Barry's episode. And so remember <laughs> when the show was about one person and a mission to stop things. It's a big question. It, it's like I said, we won't know until we see things play out next week. But I have a feeling we're going to see this show starting to get back to basics. Yeah, and that's that's really what I'm hoping as well. Uh, and it's worth noting, too, it got a 9.2 on IMDb out of 10. Mm-hmm. So a lot of other people also given this one a high rating as well. Uh, looking forward to next week, episode uh, 19. Diaz meets with a group of mafia families to expand his empire. That's pretty much the only synopsis there is. So we're, we're going to see some more stuff, and I think we're going to see – I'm hoping – and it's nothing against the actors because I love the actors. I love Echo and Rick and Juliana, but I'm, I'm really hoping it sticks with this back to basics and we just kind of um, – you know, Spartan, who we know is going to be taking a job with Argus and, you know, the Outsiders, I kind of hope they kind of just set them to the side for a little bit yeah, uh, and let them kind of course correct this show with Oliver. Yeah, and we know we'll see them definitely all back together before season's end. I think that's kind of a guarantee. So, oh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, just a matter of how and when. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Last show to talk about. And I know we're just we're going to gush 
over this one for sure. Uh, that being Legends of Tomorrow, Season 3, Episode 18, the season finale, the good, the bad, and the cuddly. Uh, Rip is forced to improvise when the, when the Legends plan to vanquish Mal- Malice. I gotta say it right. Mal- uh, Malice? <laughs> uh, it's Malice. No, Malice. Uh, with the t- when the totems do not work. So, a lot of return characters coming back for this one. We saw, obviously, Nora Dark, Ava Sharp, Kuasa. Jax returns. We got... Um, uh, oh, God. I, I, I'm no... We got Helen of Troy back I, in this one. Jonah Hex. I mean, Jonah Hex. That's who I was thinking yeah. of, and I couldn't think of his name. Um. Yeah, so a, a ton of characters coming back for this one. Uh, Julius Caesar, Blackbeard, uh, and of course, well, we got Gary, so <laughs> we, we can't leave out Gary. And of course, we got Bebo in the biggest of ways. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I forget who it was who kind of called it, but it was a very Stay Puff moment. Yeah, uh, Shad brought it up. He's like, yeah, they're going to end up doing something like this. But, like, uh, we all jokingly stated, and we even said it in last week's show, that what happens if they put Malice into the body of Bebo and they're fighting a giant Bebo? Shad mentioned something similar on our Facebook page the night before when we put that little poll up. Um, We we were all on the very much the right track. Um, And there was a very Ghostbusters moment when they do use the totems in this episode to create a being of pure light. Uh, and Nate makes that just like, I, guys, I couldn't help it. <laughs> he pulls a ray, and it was just just amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, but let's go uh, back to. What, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I was just going to say, let's go back to the beginning because this episode starts off with something that I'm very curious on your thoughts about because I want to know. I, I'm wondering if you think it's going to stick or if this is something that's going to change going into next season. But uh, we did see the sacrifice of a character. We, did, we didn't We did see, in essence, one character leave the show this episode. We saw two because we do see one by the end, and it was one that we predicted. Uh, but we saw a character sacrifice in the beginning, that being Rip. Uh, Rip removes the time drive from the Wave Rider. It goes unstable, and he basically... Let's it go unstable with him holding it to kind of set, to kind of keep malice at bay, um, and he's fine with it. He, in essence, he even says, "I'm very much looking forward to seeing my family again." So he knows this is the end, but we kind of just see him disappear in a flash of light, and we know that Malice escaped it at one point. Does this mean that Rip, in essence, do you believe that Rip is gone? Um, I, I think. We can definitely see him again without question. I think the reason being is this is a show about time travel. So, of course, we're going to see him again. But I think just in the same way that we saw, you know, Snart uh, sacrifice himself in season one of Legends, um, this is kind of the same thing. I think this is the end of this this version of Rip. We can definitely see him at other points or they could bring him back in an interesting way down the road. But the way that they even show the flashbacks of all these sequences going back from the seasons and his interactions with everybody. This was that big heroic sacrifice death sequence. Um, And I think if we see him, we'll see other versions of his character uh, down the road. But I think this was the end for him. Okay, All right. So you think this is pretty much a legit sacrifice in this that version of that character. He's he's gone. Right. I think that's that part of his story has wrapped. Uh, But I don't think we've seen the the end of Arthur Darvill on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's pretty much my thought process on it too, but I wanted to see what yours was as well. Um, we do find out through a, uh, a psychedelic trip that was absolutely great to watch Nate go through, uh, you know, being very high from this, this, uh, I forget what it was that he had taken. That uh, it was the, uh, the, oh God, I forget. It was the, um, is it the Amaka root? I think it was something like that. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can't where he or, was or Maka, Maka root. <laughs> yeah. He was only supposed to take a sip and he ends up drinking the whole thing. And he's pretty much high the entire episode, uh, of the show. But we do and find, I, <laughs> all I can say is the moment too. When they go into the drug trip, and it is all the original totem bearers, and it's like, oh my god, they hit me with the Care Bears. <laughs> Care Bears there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do find out exactly how the totems are to be used in order to defeat Malice. They're not um, to be used individually, individually like we see them try in the attempt in the beginning of the episode. They're used to, uh, in essence, Captain Planet style, uh, create a being, and that's what we kind of see. That's how we get Bebo at the end of this. Uh, but we also see a little bit of um, uh, a kind of a misstep in that <laughs> in this episode. It's like, we're, oh, my God, we're making a baby. Oh, yeah. dear God. <laughs> oh, we're making a baby. Um, but we see them create something that's not exactly good. And Mick kind of put it put it out of its misery. Oh God, that thing was that was beautifully done and hideous and wonderful at the same time. It almost um, reminded me of like a Galaxy Quest moment. It really kind of did. That With was the, the best way I was incident. thinking of it. Yep, that's exactly how I felt about it too. When when we see it, but it was uh, uh, it's inside out and it exploded. And it exploded. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was. This was perfect. This this was such a legends one for a legends moment. But the whole thing was very much a legends finale. Um, but I love they brought something back and they used their, their they really used their minds on something. It was like, where can we take these things? that it can't impact everything else. And like we go back to salvation it is the one blind spot in time. Uh, and I love that they bring that up. But of course, Mollus being kind of this superpowered demon that's able to port through time, um, being able to kind of see through that. So, but it was such a great place for a big showdown. You know, we, we had a ton of characters going up against, you know, pretty much just brutes, but it worked in such a perfect way. Uh, you know, having this kind of Western vibe, this kind of like noon showdown kind of thing, um, just played out perfectly. And it was a great opportunity to see a few things also play out. Seeing, you know, Zari, you know, she's been kind of becoming an interesting part of this team throughout the season. But like having her have a nail connection and kind of a crush on Jonah Hex, I thought was, you know, kind of fun. And now this gives us a fun opportunity to see Jonah and her maybe in the future a little bit more. Uh, this was another great highlight of Wally yet again. Uh, and they actually had him take the water totem instead uh, of Ray because of something else that Ray does outside of the team, uh, which coalesced very nicely with Ray, which also I, I will say this when he did what he did in this episode, which we'll get into in a second made me kind of concerned that Ray was the one leaving the season, um, kind of doing something against the will of the legends. And I'm like, oh, I hope they don't just pull him away from all this because he's been a glue. Yeah, that's interesting because that thought never even really crossed my mind when I was watching everything that was playing out. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy it didn't pay off that way. But I mean, like I said, you know, we had Wally step in to take the water totem versus Ray, who had it originally. 
But we see Ray kind of take his own little side mission in all this that worked out, I think, really kind of wonderfully considering it was, again, something tying back to him and his actual wife in real life with Courtney Ford of him pulling Damien out of the Wave Rider and saying, hey, we can do something to save your daughter. You know, she's a person that's not inherently a horrible person, but was because of bad circumstances. So, yeah, ahead. and it's 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 very interesting too because and that, we can talk a little bit about the whole Damien and and Nora and Ray and uh, Ray aspect of this episode because in all actuality it really changed my opinion on on something in particular. I, we've been talking quite a bit over the last couple of weeks about how amazing it would be to see Damien Dark join the Wave Rider, and unfortunately, that's something that it looks as of right now is something that can't happen because we did see we were saying as great as that would see it's most likely going to end up being um damien sacrificing himself for his daughter and that's exactly how it plays out he becomes the vessel for malice and malice ends up but we don't actually physically see that happen um it's kind of just assumed yeah and i but i do think because we already just saw it happen with nora i don't think there was a reason to do it again um and I think the reason being is effects uh, and effects budgets. Yeah. Um, I think that's why they didn't go through it again because of the big fight at the end. And I'm sure how much money that cost them to do. Um, not to mention the sets, the clothing, you know, <laughs> you have Roman legionnaires, you've got pirates, uh, you know, it's just <laughs> then you've got, you know, the Vikings. The Vikings. Yep. And then you've got all these additional cast members coming back into the fray. Uh, you've got a giant time demon and... A giant Beepo. stuffed animal and people. <laughs> yeah, uh, this had to be the most expensive episode of the show they have ever done, hands down. Um, and I think I understand it, but I do think we did see the close out of another story again. Of as you mentioned, we had Rip. Now I think Damian Dark. Uh, they kind of tied the bow on, and that was his exit. But it was a great exit for his character. Um, I really kind of love that they kept him as this multifaceted person. But ultimately, for him, it was about saving his daughter, and he achieved that. Yeah, but it kind of opens the door for Nora now um, in the way the episode ends is we do see Nora uh, taken off by the time um, uh, by the, the time agents to kind of be locked away for the rest of her life, as she puts it. Uh, but we do see that moment at the end where Ray gives her the time stone. So, right. uh, you know, he says to her, like, your father gave you a second chance. Don't waste it. And in essence, by giving her the time stone, he's kind of giving her a way out. He's giving her that opportunity to escape and kind of change her life. So do you think this kind of opens up the door for potentially Nora to join the, the to join the legends at some point? I, I don't know if that's the case, but what did concern me and I'm like, you just gave somebody that has been a villain a way, uh, you know, an ability to nail, go back and alter everything that's just happened. I'm like. You're creating potentially a horrendous anachronism. A huge anachronism. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that was the only part that left me scratching my head a little bit. Like if I was given this a score, I'd probably give it, you know, like I said, you know, probably a 10 out of 10 still without question. But that <laughs> one kind of makes me go, is this maybe like a 9.5? Because that's kind of a problem. But you know what? It's the question of how they go about doing something with it. This show's actually been very smart about how it handles a lot of those things. But there's also a good suspension of disbelief. Um, you know, one of the listeners in the mix, you know, discussing kind of saying, you know, this is a show about time travel where they can just fix any of these problems from happening because, ta-da, time travel. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, absolutely, and I understand that. But I think it's also because, you know, they, as they put it, the legends are the chainsaw instead of the scalpel. 
they uh, they they go in and fix things from you know the same way that a character like Booster Gold does in the comics, but there's certain things that just can't be changed or certain things that he just can't do. Uh, we've seen that rule be a little looser this season, more so than others. Uh, but I think. In the grand scheme of things, this show is truly and has always been about having the most fun humanly possible. And I think I don't want it to have to constantly fight a lot of rules that could get in the way of it being able to just stretch its wings and do what it wants to and just enjoy itself. Yeah. I know one of the criticisms I saw from one of our listeners when we posted about our thoughts on the episode, and we, we posted on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, um, you know, what are your thoughts on the finale? And for the most part, everybody was loving the finale, but I know there was one listener in particular, I can't remember exactly who it was at this moment, uh, said it actually kind of turned them off and it just made them decide to stop watching the show. And when I questioned them on it, they said it was because uh, one of their main reasons behind it was because this is a show about a, a bunch of heroes with abilities. And instead of using those abilities to stop the problem, they're using magical trinkets. And I don't exactly agree with that. I mean, yes, the totems played a huge part in the story, but it has the entire season. But we have it with the exception of maybe Ray in the finale. We saw them, we've seen everybody still use their abilities along the way. We saw Nate still steal up. Amaya and Zari, their abilities come from the totem, so you kind of have to give them a pass. Sarah is just a, a pretty much a warrior. She doesn't really have any special abilities, so she has a pass. Um, we Mick, see what we, yeah. Mick, Wally's a speedster. We, he's been using his speed constantly. Mick's been using his fire gun the whole time like i said with the exception of ray in the finale not using the atom suit they're still been using their abilities this entire time yeah so i kind of don't get that criticism of you know these are heroes with abilities but they're not using their abilities to solve the problem well that might be true that they're not using their abilities to stop malice but that's because their abilities weren't enough it wasn't that they weren't using their abilities it's just that they needed something additional on top of them so I, I, I kind of just didn't get that criticism a little bit. But, you know, everybody's entitled to, you know, to their own opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, we totally do get it. I mean, some of these shows, again, are not for everybody. Like, you know, I know when we what we're just about to talk about, um, it'll be interesting because this show ended in one of the most humorous ways I've ever seen a show. Like and a big bad finale fight uh, at a moment that had me laughing for probably about three minutes straight and barely able to breathe. Uh, <laughs> and but also it was become one of my favorite just like this is just pure brilliant and just in awe of what they were doing. And it just made me so incredibly happy. And I think that's, again, what this show has done. And I always keep saying it. The show just makes me smile. And it's and. The way that we we are currently dealing with so much in, in our lives and things that are happening around us, and it's great to have a show like this. It really, really is, and it's fun. It can be thought provoking at the same time, and sometimes it's just plain dumb fun. And it does so in a way that makes you want to go back to these characters. Yeah, I mean, even going into the boss fight, like you mentioned with Bebo and Malice, it was one of those. It was one of those things that I was watching the episode. I knew Bebo was supposed to be a part of this episode, but we hadn't yet seen him. So when the moment came that they they were creating this being of light, and they started reacting to what they were seeing, I was just like, and I was saying this out loud, like watching this episode by myself. I'm like, oh, please let it be Bebo. Please let it be Bebo. And the moment you see the blue flash leave the the building. 
I instantly cheered out loud because I yes. knew it was Bebo even before seeing Bebo. Yeah. So uh, you're right. It was just one of those moments that it was just pure good fun. Um, they wrapped up a season with a big boss fight, but a big boss fight that was just a lot of fun and put a smile on your face. Um, it wasn't overly serious. It didn't take itself too seriously. It was just it was just fun. And and that's one of the key things that this one of the reasons why this show has been so strong uh, leading up to this finale. Not only that, the one thing, you know, obviously we'll we'll talk about now because I think it's it's a good opportunity to wrap up the discussion is we get the lead in to the fourth season. Um, well, actually, before we get into there's a couple okay. characters we can get a chance to talk about yet uh, before we get into that lead in because that kind of ties into some other things. Um it's kind of interesting because there's one character we definitely didn't talk about, uh, or actually two that we really didn't talk about at all so far. Uh, and that would be Helen of Troy, which was kind of like our first time seeing kind of what we expect of an Amazonian in this show. So She's kind of the, like the show's own version of Wonder Woman. She is, and I think this is the closest we're going to get, but it was great to hear them talk about Themyscira. We saw her fight like the Amazons do, and it was awesome to see this play off. And I know I think we have this ability to bring a character like this back into the fold gives us this, this closest connection. I think we're going to get on the, you know, Arrowverse, um, you know, to a wonder woman. So this was great. You're right. This is the show's version of wonder woman. We're going to have now. Uh, how awesome was that to see that? Well, one of the other things I thought that was brilliant and I didn't even put it together until somebody on Reddit kind of stated it. That I was like, that's amazing because it ties together as well to what you're about to get into was when we see Jackson, uh, five years had passed for him. Tying back to the very first episode of this season in a beautiful way, when we see Rip, and he says, this is what I've been working on for the last five years. The version of Rip that died was a Rip from five years in the future, not the Rip that we were left with. It was as the legends were continuing to do things, and when Jax left, Jax was in the timeline where, where the version of Jax we saw was at the same time when the Time Bureau was created. All these little pieces tying really nicely to when even Rip tells us, this is my goal and my life's work for the past five years, was to build the Time Bureau since I left the Wave Rider. And seeing Jax tied into that now five-year timeline where he's now married and has a kid. Um, beautifully done. Absolutely beautifully done. Because I know a lot of people were confused, like how could it have been five years? But there's that beautiful connection that they had from episode one. I didn't even put that together either, to be honest with you. Yay, the beautiful things about Reddit sometimes. It's successful, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes it's like, wow, they find <laughs> things you just don't see. Uh, so really damn awesome connection point, leading us to another connection point that it starts in Aruba and it ends in Aruba. It starts, uh, yeah, it ends in Aruba, exactly. So, But yeah, I mean, uh, um, was there anything else before we talk about that Aruba scene? Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I really pride this season on too as well is, uh, you know, season three, season two going into season three, we kind of got a little bit of a, um, a sloppy lead-in into season three because we didn't know exactly where it was going to lead. It was very open to the point where it could have led to anything. And then we find out that, you know, what we were seeing was anachronisms. But the way this season wraps up, because we knew John Constantine was gonna was supposed to be a part of this finale, but we didn't see him join this fight at all. So I was like, okay, uh, it, they're in Aruba. Constantine has to show up. He's got to show up. And then Gary throws a, a freaking wrench into everything, and because I'm I hear the voice and I'm like, oh, there he is. No, it's not. Come on, Gary, really. 
Oh, that was uh, wonderful, though. It, it really was. I mean, it made me laugh because, I mean, how could you have a finale without Gary? But, um, it, you know, and then we do see Constantine actually show up and we have a clear cut lead in now into season th- into season four. We we have confirmation now that Constantine is joining the Wave Rider going into season four the way the season ends. And we get a little bit of a clearer picture as to what they're going to be facing. So, um, oh, the one thing we didn't talk about, too, was the other character that left, which was Amaya. Oh, well, uh, we'll get into that. Let's get into the Constantine stuff first, and then let's talk about Amaya, because there's a little bit of news that ties into that. Okay, yeah, there's really uh, there's really not much else to say about the Constantine th- stuff. Is You know, he says that who, whose bright idea was it to, to release Malice, uh, because he's not the only thing that came out. So it looks like, and he throws what appears to be a dragon a, head. A dragon head <laughs> Uh, on the beach so it looks like we're gonna be f- going against or the legends are going to be going up against if not demons but some mythical creatures as well that's what they're saying is mythical creatures that they're going to be dealing with for the majority of next season which is just awesome <laughs> it's, i'm gonna love it so much because i love mythology so it's i if i love this season this much i cannot wait to see what they're going to do with season four really can't yeah so um but yeah, do you, do we want to talk about the Amaya stuff now, or do we want to bring that up first in the news? Because we can well, wrap things up now with Legends and then just go right into the news. Well, like I said, yeah, we do we do state we see the kind of Amaya story go full circle. She goes back to Zambezi in her the alternate time. Oh, Christ, we even forgot to bring up Vixen that Kawasa and Mari are now sharing the spirit totem, uh, and they are both Vixen. So uh, not fully undoing everything, uh, but close to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so kind of an interesting way of how they handled that. But I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Uh, but like I said, we do see Amaya head back to Zambezi and neat leave. Um, they have announced Amaya will still be on the Wave Rider next year. Uh, she is still a season and series regular. Oh, really? So, okay. Yes. So she is not going anywhere. So they did say they, the biggest thing for them is they knew they had to wrap up that part of her story uh, and had to close it out. And they said, you know, there's always a reason for somebody to have to come back. Um, you know, we see her break away and go into Zambezi in the very beginning of this season. Uh, but they said at least this part is, has been dealt with, but she is not going anywhere. So, uh, a very so I, full wave rider next year. Yeah. So I guess in essence, then the character they were talking about leaving the show was, was Rip. It was, was Arthur Rip. Darvel. They said it was an emotional departure and we, we got two of them, uh, and technically three, if you include Damien. So, uh, yeah, this was, uh. This was a nice way to pull the wool over our eyes on some things, but they did say, clear as day, uh, she is still sticking around and said, yep. Uh, and this is even from Mark Guggenheim. He's like, yep, Maisie will absolutely be back. Uh, we just felt like we owed it to the character to complete this arc uh, and complete the story loop that we got her in. Once we took her off the path in 1942, it was always incumbent upon us to return her to that path. That was something that hung over us as writers and hung over the character. I'm looking forward to a different storyline for Maya next year. And we'll reveal our plans for Maisie's character at Comic Con this year. So they okay. said, just wait, and they'll explain it all then. So, all right, great, yeah. So I, um, I mean, it, it's going to wrap up our discussion for Legends for for a little while now until we do the annual at some point over the summer. Um, because you know this was the finale next week or this coming week we get to see the return of Supergirl filling the spot of Legends of Tomorrow. So, uh, and then Supergirl's going to play out until the uh, until that season wraps up as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so with all that being said and the show discussions being over, let's just continue on uh, with the news. 
Sure. Uh, man, God, Bebo want cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they have to. They have to make a stuffed Bebo. They would make they- a killing on it. And I think I even saw petitions pop up online after the finale for Nintendo to add Bebo as a character to Smash Brothers. <laughs> Which I don't know if they could do it, um, but it, it'll never happen. But it's it's that it's this just funny that that people are calling for it. Yeah, so. it would be great. It would be great. <laughs> All right, so uh, news is pretty thin. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple things that we may have missed. Again, tired. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> let's go into Supergirl first. Uh, we got another very clear, clear photo of Monel in his more comic book accurate costume. Uh, we did see him in the mid uh, mid season promo video, um, coming out of the shadows in that suit. So we knew it was coming. Uh, now we are actually looking at shots of him in the show for Supergirl. So it's just a question of when we're going to see it. The um, photos that they did release, they didn't specify when that will be. Uh, if they were releasing these photos. You know, officially, I, I have a feeling it's going to be on the April 16th episode, which is the day you're hearing this in the episode. So it'll shot through the heart. Um, so I have a feeling that's when we'll see this happen, if not the week after. But uh, very, uh, very well done. Has a great look to it. Same style uh, cape as that we saw on Tyler Hawkins, uh Superman. So uh, jumping into the flash, uh, we did find out a little bit more about Wentworth Miller's final appearance as Leonard Start slash Citizen Cold, from what it sounds like. Um, so it sounds like on April 24th, we will definitely see Snart help out Barry Allen in transporting a dangerous meta. So uh, we'll have my guess is that will probably be our current one that just got locked. Well, actually, no, this is probably going to maybe just be a brand new villain that we haven't seen yet in the mix. But um, like I said, we did see that specifically this is him coming back as Citizen Cold. This is the final appearance based on his current contract. Uh, they did say this, that, uh, you know, start returning to the show as Citizen Cold, you know, in Crisis on Earth X. And although Miller's contract has fully expired, he expressed interest in reprising the role in the future, potentially, as long as the story was right and perfect for his character and for a good reason for him to come back. But they said at this point, this will be his final scheduled uh, performance as this character for quite some time. So uh, I'd like to see him come back at some point. Yeah. So uh, like I said, the nice thing is that they always have the, that ability to bring him back in multiple different ways. It's just a question if he's interested as an actor. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of I have a feeling he, this is kind of like his Mark Hamill. Uh, I'm done with the Joker. But hey, that's a really good story. Absolutely. So um, going back into a little bit more of the Legends of Samar, that same story that I was bringing up about, uh, you know, Amaya's uh, potential return for next season, not potential, but definite return. Uh, Guggenheim also did go on about a little bit about Rip sacrificing himself and said, you know, we absolutely love Arthur Darvel and having Arthur on the show. And uh, I think he always enjoys being on the show. But the beautiful thing is because this is a time travel show and because we never saw a body, anything is always possible. Uh, I think Arthur is totally willing to come back and play with us if we have a cool idea for him down the road. So this is not closing the book on Rip Hunter. Uh, So as we kind of expected. Yeah. Um, All right. And let's get into the big one that kind of caused some controversy this week. Uh, there were some definite set photos released this week from Titans, uh, oh giving us the first <laughs> kind of looks at both, you know, Raven, Beast Boy, and Starfire, and Dick Grayson. All what it looks like in normal civilian clothing, and all these shots were taken in between shooting, which all these actors had like coats on, different things. And a lot of people were taking these photos as dead on, like this is the way that they're just going to constantly appear. Uh, 
I can definitely state this now that people have come out from the show, including Anna Diop, who is playing Starfire, who has received the heaviest criticism out of all of them uh, for the way her character appeared. A lot of people saying that, her, you know, one set, she kind of the, the way that she looked kind of looked like, you know, the best way to put it is a prostitute. Um <laughs> and there was a lot of hate thrown her way directly, which was incredibly insane and uncalled for from a lot of people. Uh, you know, people definitely viewing that on the way that the set photo looks and people being upset. I was originally one of them, but had a little bit of time to really think about things. Uh, but, you know, I think none of us went to as far as blowing up, you know, the Titans writers pages or the actresses and kind of like. Let's give it time. It's between set shots. Let's wait and see what they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, we already saw these amazing costumes for Dick Grayson's Robin suit, you know, Hawk and Dove. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that there's a lot more to come. But uh, Anna Diop did go to, I believe it was her Instagram and kind of sent out a long, lengthy thing. And I think this was awesome that she did this. So you uh, said yesterday, a photo of me on set leaked online, and it was unfortunate because fans have been waiting months for a photo of Starfire and a sloppy photo of me on a curb in 15 degree weather is what they got instead. For the sake of our incredible fans, I hate that this is the first picture people are seeing that is completely out of context and a full misrepresentation of the incredible character I get to play. And also a misrepresentation of the phenomenal production behind it all. With that said, the hate speech... Uh, that followed was deplorable, and uh, though I'm uh, highly unbothered, I do want to use this as an opportunity to say that the tearing people down is not something that I tolerate. For myself or anyone else, too often social media is abused by someone who finds uh, refuge in the uh, anonymity and detachment it provides. Uh, misused as a tool to harass, abuse, and spew hatred at others. This is weak sad and a direct reflection of the abuser uh racist derogatory and or cruel comments have nothing to do with uh, the person on the receiving end of that abuse because i know this i'm unfazed but for anyone out there who may not and i'm here to remind you that whatever ugly and negative thing anybody could ever choose to say about you is always a reflection and a revelation uh like revelation of themselves it does not define you and it certainly does not make you less perfect than you are be you stay beautiful live breezy as uh, always much love uh, so wonderful, wonderful statement from her. Uh, and there has been some additional other things coming out too, saying there is a lot of uh, post effects going to be done in the show. So don't be surprised if when we see Starfire, she may look dramatically different uh, when we see her. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, you know, understandable. I know a lot of people just are waiting and geeking out to see um, these characters in full, you know, uh, that's you know, understandable for a lot of us. I knew me and Ben have been two people just be like, give us the damn trailer. We just yeah. want to see the trailer. Give <laughs> exactly. me, give me, give me. Uh, you know, and when you do see something like this, people do get a little freaked. Like everybody goes back to looking at Inhumans and how rough, uh, you know, the visual designs on a lot of those characters looked. And I think the same thing's kind of happening here. I think we just have to wait and see. Um, and I kind of like, I feel bad that I was, you know, somebody that was kind of like, oh, crap, and feel like I helped stir that pot a little bit. So uh, I, I do want to say right off the bat, I do apologize if I kind of was a, it's one of those people that kind of feels like they added to the headache, headache of all this. But again, this is us trying to do our best to report on this. And we're giving you our opinions as we're seeing it. And again, you know, when you have a day or two to kind of take a step back, say, well, this is also not the finished finished thing and we could also see in their shots everybody is wearing coats because as she mentioned in that it was 15 degrees outside so everybody take a deep breath let's just wait and see yeah so. exactly mm -hmm. 
Um, and actually, that does it for the news this week. Yeah, uh, that... I, I, I knew it was surprisingly light this week. Or yeah. not surprisingly. We're we're at that time of the year. I mean, where we're approaching finales of the shows and a lot of these, you know, Warner Brothers and DC, they're going to be saving a lot of this stuff for these upcoming events. Um, so we're probably not going to see a lot of news over the course of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we got Supergirl coming back into the mix. Uh, you know, San Diego Comic Con is in several months. You know, we're we're encroaching closer and closer and closer to that. And I think we're gonna again. I think that's where everything is gonna come out uh, for what's to come. We even see that in what uh, Guggenheim said about Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah, I have exactly. a feeling we're gonna see a lot of presence from them there this year. And uh, we'll just kind of go from there and see what happens. But, yeah, it's uh, crazy to think we are now down to four shows, soon to be three. Um, and, you know, we're just at mid-April. So it's uh, a lot is about to get ready to wrap up. So we're getting closer and closer to that home stretch. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So any recommendations for this week? I know I don't really have anything. Uh, the only thing I can really say is I saw Rampage over the course of the weekend. Uh, you know, it's a leave your brain at the door, go in and just have a lot of fun movie. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So other than that, I really don't have anything for this week. Uh, I want to go to bed. <laughs> so <laughs> I got up a couple hours ago and I'm ready to go back to bed. So yeah. uh, my recommendation is get some sleep. <laughs> All right. That works. I might take, I might actually do that recommendation too once I'm done editing everything. Mm -hmm. So um, I got so much I got to do today. Yeah. Uh, and I also, too, before we forget, uh, next week will be a normal episode. Uh, the week following, um, we will be delayed. I will be away. Uh, I will be in Paris. So <laughs> we will not be recording while I'm overseas. No, so. no, not at all. <laughs> That'll be uh, a little bit of a time difference. A little uh, bit. And yeah. uh, I know that even though I'll get back on that Sunday uh, when we normally record two weeks from now. Uh, I will have not watched anything, and I will be jet lagged as all hell. And, uh, <laughs> so that is a big no for me. So that Monday, while I do have off, uh, and I know I will be sleeping and brain dead, I will do my best to watch all the shows. Thankfully, there will only be a couple to watch. We'll be down to three, make life a little bit easier. But we'll uh, we'll be able to hopefully record that night. If not, I'll make sure we'll plan for that Tuesday. It's just purely depending. So regardless. Maybe one day late, maybe two days late. It, I really can't give any guarantees at this time. I do so. want to say, I do want to say real quick. I want to bring this up because I'm still blown away by this, and I'm gonna recommend a lot of people check this out. I played a game at your house last night that I'm still so freaking blown away by um, that I am literally looking at it on Amazon right now, ready to pull the trigger. Um, <laughs> it's it's called Drop Mix. And it is basically, it's a game where you're a DJ. That's the best way I can put it. It's and not and not in a way like a game like DJ Hero was. That was kind of like here's your little digital turntable, and you're just kind of just tapping buttons, kind of like a Beat Mania game, or or you know like something like you know Rock Band. This no, is a this card is, game. This is a card game that you legit, if you play this game enough and practice with this game enough, you could legitimately take this game into a club hook it up to speakers, and throw a freaking party with this game. And mm -hmm. nobody would even be the wiser that you're playing a game while you are doing it. And that's, like, I, that's how this game... Because I used to DJ. So this game, like, I, I'm so ready to pull the trigger on this game. I, I, I might actually pull the trigger today. And uh, there are a ton of expansions out there, and they're expansions being cards and decks. Um, 
But yeah, this is actually made by Harmonix, which it's funny because I bring up, you know, DJ Hero. <laughs> DJ, well, DJ Hero was not Harmonix, I believe. Oh, no, Rock uh, Band was uh, Harmonix. Rock Band was Harmonix, and the original, very original two Guitar Heroes was uh, was Harmonix. But they also made games like Amplitude and Frequency, and they've got a couple other titles out there. Um, but yeah, they 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 took it to a board game, uh, and it's it's available um, through Hasbro. You can find it on Amazon. You can probably find it Best Buy, Target. Um, you know, normally a fairly expensive game. Uh, you can usually find it for about sixty bucks versus the hundred that it normally retails for. And uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those things that it's just amazingly fun and awesome. This is a game that I will definitely, for sure, be playing one way or another at Extra Life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that's that's a big wake up game. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but cheap plugs, and then we will get out of here so you can get some sleep and I can get some editing done. Uh, you can find me on uh, my other podcast, which is the Showcast Spotlight, here on the Next Level Podcast Network. That would be www.nextlevelradioonline.com. The Facebook page for that is facebook.com/slash Next Level Radio Online. You can reach us here on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com/slash DC primetime and of course the dc primetime voicemail in which you can reach us and leave us a message is 1-888-247-5380 again 1-888-247-5380 toll free in the u.s and canada uh give us a call leave us a message let us know what you thought of the episodes or what you thought about anything we had to say about them Mm-hmm. Uh, as for me, you can always find me through nextlevelradioonline.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. We are going to be recording our Ready Player One episode tomorrow night. So that means it'll be up sometime this week. Uh, it's depending on when. I have a ton to do between uh, tomorrow night and uh, next Sunday. Uh, or no, sorry, next Monday. Um, so yeah, there's a lot for me to knock out in seven days. Uh, but I promise before we go away, uh, it will be up and online for everybody to check that out. So we'll be talking about 80s and 90s pop culture and how it kind of shaped the world of Ready Player One, but a little bit, too, on how it helped kind of shape our generation. Um, so it'll be a very nostalgia-heavy uh, heavy episode, so if nostalgia is not your thing, this might not be the episode for you. If you also don't like Ready Player One, this will definitely not be the episode for you, but <laughs> I think we'll have a very in-depth conversation about it and actually bring up a lot of the criticisms of both the book and the film. So, um uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm really looking forward to go into that one. Uh, but also a big special thanks uh, to the uh, creator of the music that you hear in these shows, our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Make sure you head over to his website, check out his stuff, his SoundCloud page, uh, and support him however you can. Uh, I always love checking out the new stuff he puts up. So. Yeah. Um, so next week, we are still at full strength. We have four episodes that we will be talking about, that being uh, one of those being the Black Lightning season finale and the return of Supergirl, as well as Flash and Arrow. And then the following week, um, we're back to three shows again until the end of the year. Because... Uh, and then we'll be down to... Then we'll be down to one show. <laughs> so. With just Supergirl. Yeah, I think for a couple weeks, it's just Supergirl. Yeah, so. uh, if memory serves correctly, we got Black Lightning this, you know, obviously finishing up this week, Supergirl coming back. Uh, I think they have eight or nine episodes for Supergirl still. Uh, and there's only four, and there's only, I think, five or six for Flash and Arrow. Right, and I think Arrow finishes up, and then the week after that is when the Flash will finish up. Uh, so we'll kind of chip down to from three shows to two shows to one show, and then it'll be one show for a little bit. Uh, we still need to have some discussions on how we will be handling a show that is only one episode long instead of uh, the normal way we have done things. So this will be an interesting summer for us on we'll trying to 
uh, work around things. So it'll be kind of like double episodes where you'll get like your Supergirl information and then we'll uh, we'll we'll have a little something else for you. So. Yeah, I know one thing I want to bring up real quick and uh, we could talk about this uh, a little bit more off air, too. But I want to say it uh, on the podcast because I know there's a lot of listeners that still watch it. Um, I'm telling you right now, my recommendation, my recommendation to you, Rob, uh, get caught up on Gotham. Because Gotham, these past couple episodes, has been fantastic. Um, it's pretty much becoming Batman at this point. And this past week, the Joker is there. Yeah, I already saw the clips. Um, okay. Uh, I I will get around to it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> so, you will. If people so. are waiting for us to do another Gotham annual, it could be a while. So, <laughs> uh, it's not that I don't like the show. It is I have not watched a single moment of this season whatsoever. Um, and... I don't even remember if I finished last season, in all honesty. So uh, it's a wait and see. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up then for this episode. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.